Morning Mission Church. My name is Jeff. I'm the uh, college and young adult pastor here. And it is always... Oh, that has never happened before. So that's, that's awesome. Um, I'm really grateful for this opportunity to, to preach. Um, this is my favorite part, place to preach. This is my, my church. And I, I love being here. I love um, being able to share um, what God's been working in my life with, with all of you. Um, Pastor Gordon actually canceled the trip just to, to be here and hear me preach. So <laughs> when he realized, oh, he's also my mom canceled her trip back home, who's over here. She, her, actually, her fly, flight got canceled, but she got to be here. So, um, um, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and, and pray before we start. Lord, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for this opportunity to gather as the church. Um, Lord, everything we do here is all about you. Um, we really do uh, worship you. We pray to you. We lift you up, Lord. And um, we, just, we just ask that you would be in the center of everything that, we, that I say today, um, that it would be your truth, not mine, um, your words, and that they would speak to us. In a, in a convicting, challenging, but also encouraging way today. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Um, Romans 12. This is, uh, this is a letter from our friend Paul, the apostle, to uh, the church that was in the city of Rome at that time. And this was, at that time, the greatest city in all of the ancient world, the center of, of the world. Um, which made this, this city, small, uh, I mean, sorry, this church, very diverse. Ethnically, um, we had Romans and Greeks and Jews, and uh, also very diverse socially, economically. People from all walks of life were coming to uh, this, this church. Um, so Paul writes the letter of Romans uh, as a call to unity to all of these different uh, people, and unity in the gospel of Christ. So he starts off in Romans 12, um, and he says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. He continues, For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. So what Paul is saying um, here is, this is a, a, a very diverse church, but all of you together are the body of Christ. So notice, when God wanted, wanted to tell us who he was, what he was like, and what kind of life he desired for us. He didn't just send a, a book or a list of rules. He took on a body, right? A human flesh in Jesus. And in the same way, the church, the people of God, we are now 
the body of Christ in the world. And we demonstrate to the world around us by the way that we live together what God is like. Which is, which is a, a pretty big claim, but also a pretty big task, if you ask me. And there are many truths that these, uh, this body analogy, this illustration, um, points to. One of them is this diversity of the body parts and each of their functions. When in verse 4, just as each of us has one body with many members, these members do not all have the same function. We form one body in Christ. Um, so we're all different, right? We have different gifts, different abilities, different passions and perspectives. And that's actually a good thing, Paul says. It's the only way that a body functions well, the way it's supposed to. I don't know much about anatomy, but I do know that if every body part had the same function, um, it wouldn't be much of a body. It wouldn't work that well, actually, at all. The point here that Paul is trying to make is diversity isn't a problem to be solved, but a, a beautiful reality to embrace. And even in a room like this, there's very different uh, people here, completely different stories, different backgrounds, different careers, um, differences even in opinion and even politics. But we can all come together and become one in Christ. Some people say, well, I'm all about inclusivity and, and diversity. I want to be part of a church that's diverse ethnically and social and economically as long as everyone can fall in line and agree with all of my opinions. Right? But that's not how it works. That's not how it works here at Mission. It doesn't work that way anywhere, really. Paul is saying, um, you're all different, and that's actually a good thing. You don't have to be something else. It's in the diversity of God's people that we can experience the beauty of being the, the full body of Christ. And in Him, we are united with a purpose. And here at Mission is to authentically love God with all our hearts and our strength and our mind, to love and to serve one another, to demonstrate and to share the love of Christ to the world around us, everyone around us. And we do this by how we live, um, by how we work, um, by how we raise our children, strengthen our families, honor our single people, support our elders, our widows, how we care for the poor, for the sick, for the marginalized. And as the people that we, we, we live with one another and for one another, we display to the world that in all of our differences and in our diversity, we submit to God and to one another for the sake of his kingdom. Dr. Sam Powell, he gave one of the most powerful and truly prophetic sermons that I've heard on this, uh, uh, just on this, on this um, pulpit just a few weeks ago, two weeks ago. And it's one of those sermons that was, um, if you're like me, you'll have to go back and listen a couple of times to actually grasp the, the, the weight of everything that he was, that he was saying. Um, because it was, it, was, it was awesome. It was powerful and deeply convicting, a call for the church to stop operating from a place of fear and to live into our identity as peacemakers. Um, so I encourage you to go back and to listen to it and take notes because you'll need it. But um, returning to Romans, there is something else that this passage takes on, and I'd like for us to look at. Verse 3. 
For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, Paul says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. You know, there's, there's, something, um, there's something about um, uh, this, our American experience, I think, that is, is kind of unique. We're told from a, a very early age that we are special and important. And if we just believe in ourselves enough, we can live extraordinary lives. Here's the thing. We live in the wealthiest, most powerful nation in all of human history. Um, And probably some of that does come from this, you know, sense of of confidence that we do have. Um, But we do have the most comfort and opportunity that any nation has ever experienced in in all of history. But people who study our society will tell you that we are incredibly unstable on the inside insecure, afraid, wrecked with anxiety, and even depressed. I mean, how do we manage our insecurities when we realize that our life is not everything we we hoped and thought it would be? Well, Paul says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Rather, think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. What Paul is basically saying is, stop thinking of yourself too much. Well, who else am I supposed to think about, Paul? Other people? Well, he's saying, think of yourself in an accurate, healthy way. Someone this morning might need to hear this, but you are not the center of the universe, Alana. I told her I was going to pick on her this morning. (laughs) Got her. You are not number one. And the person you're hurting the most by, by that sort of thinking is really yourself. This whole idea that you should be the hero of your own story that you deserve an awesome life and that someday someone will make a movie about you, it really isn't all that helpful at all. It means that you feel all this pressure every day to become something that you're not sure you can become. Here's the thing. There's very few people who actually become everything they ever dreamed of. Not everyone can be president, right? They can only be like one at a time. Um, And if you live an average lifespan, you'll probably see like 12 presidents in your lifetime. Maybe 15 if you throw a few bad ones in there. Right? Like (laughs) some of you got that, some of you didn't. Um, Out of 330 million people, the odds are not ever in your favor to be president. That's just the truth. Not everyone is going to be an all-star professional athlete. So you can stop trying, David. Like, you're, it's okay. Raise your hand if you wanted to be an astronaut when you were a kid. Okay, there's a few of you. <laughs> also an astronaut, David. Um, I was just reading uh, about Johnny Kim. Ever, uh, anyone heard of Johnny Kim? 
Uh, he's a NASA astronaut who, before being um, an astronaut, he was a Navy SEAL and then a Harvard graduate physician. And now he's an astronaut. He's 35. I'm like, just chill, bro. Like, take a nap. Come on. You're making us all look bad. I'm 33 and still hanging out with college students. So just stop. Come on. <laughs> we can't all be Dr. Johnny Kim, right? And that's okay. You're not that guy. Some of your moms are like, my baby can. He's so smart. No, he probably can. Like, don't put that kind of pressure on him. Most of us won't be as professionally successful or, or famous or interesting um, as we wish we were. I mean, even if you do work really hard, even if you, if you are very talented, um, for our younger people, you're probably not going to be an influencer. Most of us, you know, like, most of us, uh, well, for me, I guess, um, I have like a hundred followers on Instagram. And like one of them is my mom and probably a few bots in there. Like, and I'm okay. Like, I'm going to make it, right? Like, most of us aren't. And that's okay. Um, But I'm me. And you're you. And, um, And we have the life that we have. And some of it is beautiful. And some of it is interesting. And some of it um, is messy and hard and difficult. And some of it, most of it is just ordinary. Kind of repetitive. and Sometimes even boring, right? Um, but that's your life. The one that has been entrusted to you. And that life that you have was always meant to be part of a larger story. Your life was meant to fit into a big story, not to be a big life that fits into a little story. One of the most interesting ways I've heard talk about it was from uh, Pastor Jay Pathak. And he said, think of your life um, as a part of a movie. So let's just say you have awesome taste in, in, in movies, so Lord of the Rings, right? Um, which is a masterpiece. But so you're you're part of this movie. Think of yourself as part, but you're not Gandalf, and, and you're not Aragorn or Frodo. You're not even Sam. Like, think of yourself in this movie as a pixel. You guys, you guys remember? Like, it used to be that you can actually see pixels. You can't even see them anymore. But these these pixels that make up right the the screen. Um, and you're playing. And, peop- and you see this audience looking at you and enjoying the film. And, um, you know, they're getting excited and, and nervous and emotional and laughing at certain points. And you think, man, I am so good at this. Look at everyone. They're just enjoying looking at me. Right? So you start flaring up because you like the attention. And you want more of it. But even, have you ever seen a pixel when it starts kind of like flaring up and flashing? Um, and everyone's looking at you because like, what, what's going on with that pixel? Right? Huh, that's weird. It starts like turning red and green. And, um, and eventually what happens is that that pixel burns out and it dies. And now there's just like a black spot there. Um, so when the scripture tells us that you're meant to 
fits perfectly into this grand story, the story of God. Uh, and, but we have people who believe that it's all about them. It's all about me. And, and, and start to flare up. We inevitably burn up and crash. We get our, ourselves excited for that, that one relationship that will finally be the one. And when it isn't, man, what is wrong with me? I must be unattractive or maybe unlovable. I'll flare up for that you know, career opportunity. And if I get that, that promotion, if I get this, this, this position, this job, everything will, will just work out. Everything will be all right. But then we get it and it's not everything that we hope for. It's just as messy as the other place you left. And that extra 20000 doesn't really change who you are on the inside. And we start thinking, like, why is my life not what I planned, what I, what I hoped that it would be? Why is my spouse not who I, I want them to be right now? Why are my kids not A students or star athletes? Like I, why are they, like, breaking every dream that I had for them? Right? And we start looking for ways to flare up to seek attention, to seek approval, um, ways that will never be enough. They'll always leave us grasping for more, for the next thing, for what we think will fix everything. Well, Paul says, you're not meant to live your life for only yourself. You are a part of a body, the body of Christ. And don't get me wrong. We, we belong and we serve a, a God who is personal. He created you in a unique and special way. He knows you better than anyone and loves you more than you can ever imagine. Um, Pastor Gordon last week gave a powerful sermon about our identity in Christ and, and how he sees us. And that is so central to to our life with God, being able to know who God is, but also how, who He sees us, how He sees us, and who we are in Him. You are a beloved child of God, bursting with potential, lovable, competent. God is proud of you, of who you are. Don't ever believe any, anything that tries to tell you or convince you otherwise. But the thing is that your unique gifts and talents and the way that you were created were meant to be a part of a whole. You can find value and identity as a part of something more than just yourself. This is what it means to be a part of the church. You're part of something that's much bigger than you. And you know what? This church uh, is just full of people who love and follow Jesus, people who have given their life to serve others. There are people here who who foster and adopt children, people who care deeply for the work of of justice for the unsheltered or for the refugees or for victims of trafficking. Um, This church has some of the most generous people I know who just give so much of not only resources but time and energy, prayer. We had people who had no one when they came here but found a family here. Right? I, think of, I think of our friend Dottie, who um, uh, went to be with our, in the presence of our, 
of our God this, this last week and just everything that she poured into this community, how she found a, a, a community, a family here, and uh, the many of you who, um, like Barry and, and many of you who, who were just there, relentlessly serving, giving of yourself um, to make sure that she was cared for. I think of um, Terry and um, Jameson, right? Um, it was beautiful to see her Sunday school class here as her family gathered around her. Um, One of the things that I keep hearing about from so many of you who have been part of this church for a while is that you came to Mission Church when you were in college. And when you came, there was a family who, when you came, invited you to a meal, took you out, took you home for a meal and um, wanted to get to know you. And eventually they became like family, especially for those of you who were away from home. Um, and you, you, be, you, you stayed here at Mission Church because you, you had that sense of, of acceptance, of hospitality. It's beautiful. And, and actually, that's something that we're going to restart here in our church, uh, this ministry that has deep roots. If you look at your bulletin, Home Lunch, and that's what it's going to be. We're going to uh, pair college students with families, host families who want to have college students over to their to their homes for a home-cooked meal. How many college students could use a home-cooked meal right now? Right? Like, it's just beautiful that we can, like, live into our identity as this, like, uh, intergenerational church that cares for our young people. And um, I'm just really excited for that. So there's more information on your bulletin about how you can sign up or just talk to me. I'd love to get you, get you signed up for that. Um, You're a part of a body, this family called the church. The people around you, these are the people you're called to be in community and deep relationship with. But the beautiful thing is that the church of Jesus is all over this city, right? And all over this country. And all over the world. And we're all following Jesus. Living out the good news of the kingdom. There's people everywhere, all over the world, who are feeding the hungry, who are healing the sick, who are welcoming the stranger, who are risking their lives to tell others about Jesus and see their lives transformed, their communities transformed by the power of the gospel. And the the small and faithful things that we do, like our commitment to prayer, like serving in the life of the church, there's so so many ministries to get involved here at mission, serving outside of these walls, being generous with our time, with our money, by investing in the, the relationships in this community, by looking out for one another, making sure that we're all cared for. You're part of a family that's been around for two millennia and will continue to move forward into the future until Jesus returns and then for all eternity, right? There's so much to celebrate. There's so much to hope for, to look forward to. And it's not all about you. And if you ask me, I think that's good news. Because I can relax a little bit, right? But we do have a part to play. 
Each one of you, you are unique. You do have uh, unique talents and gifts and passions and abilities, and you were meant to be a part of God's work in the world. Not because of what you can do, but simply because you are a child of God. Beautifully, wonderfully made. Your life matters to Him. Paul says, you are co-workers with God. That's how he sees you. You are ministers of reconciliation in the world. What if we actually believe that and lived into that? This communal identity as the body of Christ. What if we raised our children this way? To believe that they are fully secure knowing that you are part of a wonderful family family that loves you, that has a place for you, that, that stretches all around the world, all through time, a family that will give you a place to belong, a place to serve, a place where you don't have to prove anything. You don't have to earn anything. You can be yourself. You can be accepted. When even the small things that you do that you contribute will be considered great by God, be used for His kingdom. A place where you can truly love, um, where we can truly love even with its flaws, imperfections, and messiness, because it's, it's more than just about us, how it makes me feel, what I can get out of it. What if we lived into that reality that church is more than just what we do on Sunday mornings, but a living, breathing body that we are a part of, that we rely on one another to function, to be healthy, to be alive? I believe that if, if we did that, the possibilities of what the church can be are really endless. So I encourage you to be proud of who you are, to find your identity in Christ without losing sight of our call to be a part of something much greater than just ourselves. To find security, to find a place of belonging in the grand story of God in this world and our part that we, have to, that we get to play in his body. Let me, read, um, let me read once again what Paul has to say to all of us. For by grace given to me, I say to you, do not think of yourself more highly than you should, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in according with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for the way that you chose to reveal yourself to us by taking on a body and flesh and living among us, and calling us, Lord, into this greater work, into your kingdom. And thank you, Lord, that you trust us enough 
even with all our flaws and imperfections, our messiness, to still participate. Not only participate in your work, but actually be your body in this world. Be the people who demonstrate to the world around us who you are, what you're like, how you love, how you serve, how you forgive. We just ask God that you would unite us under you, that we would not allow our differences, our diversity to divide us, but really to bring us together so that we can truly be your body. That we would find our identity, Lord, as part of the whole. That we would surrender, Lord, all these expectations that we might have on ourselves, that we might be putting on ourselves, um, and to just be fully secure and safe in your loving arms. Let us worship you today. Let us live into our identity as your body. In your name, Jesus.